Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to Starship Sofa, part of the District of Wonders network, featuring tales to terrify, Crime City Central, protecting Project Pulp, and the all-new Far-Fetched Fables. Everyone has a story in the District of Wonders. Come and find yours. This is the Starship Sova, everybody. Welcome. Hello and welcome to show 398. I am your host, Tony C. Smith. Hello, everyone. Hope everyone is fine and dandy. We have just got one story today, but what a story it is. We've got a little few little bits of news and something that I'm up to. But one story by Karen Lord. It is fantastic. But... Before all that, don't forget, we are sponsored by Octagon Technology, who are now able to supply hosted exchange servers for solicitors and legal firms in the UK who need to use that criminal criminal justice secure email. 1995 to 2015, Octagon Technology, helping business with their IT solutions. There you go. Big thank you to Clive and Diane. So just before we get into the main, the main fiction there, this show always, I try, me, I try me hardest to get it out every Wednesday. Now, this Wednesday, which is the 19th of August, now that Wednesday is a special Wednesday, yes. Now, I don't know how quick people kind of grab the feed once it goes out, but this, this show, I'll set it to 7 o'clock a.m., 7 a.m. in the morning on Wednesday. So if you're kind of listening and grabbing that as, you know, pretty much around about that time, I will be with my son Reed and our little dog Ralph, not the two Dobermans, will be standing at the wall's end end of the Roman wall. And we're going to walk the Roman wall all the way to Bonus on Solway. We're doing it over four days, three nights, four days, which is like 84 mile. So we've got work cut out, and we're doing it camping. And like I say, I'm taking the little dog as well. So we kind of setting off at seven a.m. So throughout that day, actually, you know, we're probably into the bloody night as well. If you kind of listen to the show, we will be doing in it. Like I say, right up until the last day, we're kind of walking. Is I think it's the Saturday, which is the twenty second. Hopefully, 
sometime round about what I'm in for is probably round about 6pm, ideally 4pm, 6pm is to kind of get finished over there on the, on the far side, on the west coast of England there, and have a little drink at a pub, I think it's the King's Arms possibly, in Bowness on Solway, and from the Wall's End point of view, you meant to actually, everyone says, oh, it's best to walk it the other way, you know, from kind of bonus over to Wall's End, the sun's not in your eyes, the wind's at your back, and all this. But it's just too much hassle for us to get over there, do you know what I mean, crack a dawn. So we're going to start this this end. And the beauty of this end is actually not really going to take us that into that kind of account because we're going a bit too early. But there's the big Roman fort there, and you get all, all like into souvenirs and everything there. Now, I think over on the other side, the end of the, the, the walk, the Hadrian's Wall walk, it's just a hut, like a bus stop, <laughs> with like a little stamper machine, can you stamp your, stamp your little passport? So, that is it. Now, I'll, what I will be doing is hopefully, you know, is putting some posts on Facebook, just, you know, and some photographs just throughout the days of our kind of travels. Like, say, most days it's like 20, 22 mile, 20 mile. So, Yes, it's it's a bit of a challenge, but it's funny because I wanted to do this and it didn't work. I, you know, I put a shout out oh, probably about a year ago, a year and a half ago. If anybody was interested in doing this Roman wall walk with us, you know, it's been one, like an ambition for ages. And lo- I'm, loads of people, you know, people from all over the world were going to fly in. And it just, if something had went wrong on my half, you know what I mean? And I thought, oh, it's too much kind of responsibility you know if you've got people flying in because honestly from from china from america everyone was kind of you know oh that would be lovely tony to do the walk with you and i just thought oh if it just something goes wrong after me shifts change or something do you know what i mean and so it never got off the ground and but it's still there this kind of ambition to kind of do this walk and well now i'm kind of thinking well if i can do this one i'll do other ones i'm going to do this and i'm going to do that (laughs) let's just we'll just see how it goes do you mean so if you want to kind of check up on us on Facebook, I'm hopefully going to put some photographs up each day. I've got some of these little, I've got two of them actually, and they're only um, £17, and they kind of hold about four or five charges of a phone, you know, so you can charge your phone up like a portable charger. I've got two of them. So hopefully, you know, we can kind of still keep, hopefully get a little bit of kind of contact and send, you know, some pictures to Facebook and that, and just basically keep in, in touch with my wife, you know what I mean? My wife's going to walk one of the days and, you know, camp as well one of the days, and then we're go- she's going to meet where at the, the far end, do you know what I mean? And, like I say, I'm hoping, do you know what I mean? Hoping, hoping. I'm hoping we both can do it. I'm saying I'm hoping Reed can do it. I'm hoping I can do it as well. We had a practice, and we did a couple of days ago, we did a, I think it was a 20-mile walk, just to see what, just to see if we could do it in a day. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, it was, it was all right. It was, a, do you know what I mean? I don't think it was that bad. It was, you know, hips weren't giving out, knees weren't. I took a roofing, you know, I took a couple of painkillers just to take the edge off. But it, it seemed all right. So that's why I know this is not kind of not science fiction and not talking. But that's this week. That's what I'm kind of doing. So if you want to kind of pop over to Facebook, say hello there, and I'm going to try and. Upload as as many photographs and kind of little events as as we go, you know. See how it see how it goes. But back to the main fiction. Like I say, it's a story by Karen Lord. Heareth a tragedy in four acts. By like I say, by Karen Lord. It was originally pu- published in Reach for Infinity by Jonathan, or edited by Jonathan Strand. 
Karen Lord, a Barbadian author and research consultant, is known for her debut novel, Redemption in Indigo, which won the 2008 Frank Collimo Literary Award, the 2010 Carl Brandon Parallax Award, the 2011 William L. Crawford Award, the 2011 Mythopoeic Fantasy Award for Adult Literature, and the 2012 Kittish Golden Treacle, Tentacle, sorry, Treacle, <laughs> Golden Tentacle Best Debut, nominated for the 2011 World Fantasy Award for Best Novel. Her second novel, The Best of All Possible Worlds, was published by Del Rey. It also went on to win the 2009 Frank Collymore Literary Award, the 2013 RT Book Reviews Reviewers Choice Award for Best Science Fiction Novel, and was a finalist for the 2014 Locust Award. Its sequel, The Galaxy Game, was published in January 2015. Her short stories have appeared in Reach for Infinity, which is edited by Jonathan Strand, Solaris UK, and the up-and-coming The Bestiary, edited by Anne Vandermeer. There's links on to Karen's Twitter and her website as well. This story is narrated by Lulu Sal. Lulu Sal is a wife and a mother of two. <laughs> One of them. One of, yes, it's Jeremy's mom. Our assistant editor, Jeremy's mom, Lulu Sal. We've actually played a couple of stories by Lulu Sal, which is just fantastic. An author of historical romance, fantasy and children's books. She she also a school teacher specialising in English and medieval history. Her narration credits for Starship Sova include Robin Hart, Hob, Cat Rambo, Kim Stanley Robinson and now Karen Lord. She lives in Sydney, Australia and reads far too many books and has to run around after young Jeremy Sal, <laughs> cleaning, taking his dishes down from his bedroom and washing his socks. Lulu, you're a star. Thank you very much for this. So, the Starship Sova is very proud to present... Harrieth, A Tragedy in Four Acts by Karen Lord Read by Lulu Sal I fell, said the cyborg, and for a moment his audience stood astounded, waiting for the larger speech, the longer explanation. None came. I fell, he said once, and spoke no further. Did you not plan? A voice interrupted the heavy silence, courageous with curiosity. Did you not mean to do this? I wandered, the cyborg said. I ambled, and things happened, and here I am. The audience murmured, baffled but not dismayed. They would find sense in this yet. With some effort, the cyborg thought to the days of his own curiosity and thirst for the new and undiscovered. He looked at the seeking expressions of his audience and tried to be helpful. I was born on the moon. That was where it began. They brightened, as if a general sigh of relief had lifted chins, puffed out chests and raised the level of oxygen in the chamber. He smiled to see them happier and strove to continue the effect. That was how it began. I was of the first generation born on the moon. And I fell. How do you manage, how does anyone manage to fall hard enough to hurt themselves on the moon, his father nagged. His mother said nothing, but the tight press of her lips showed she was slightly nauseated. Both parents had been out on a research mission when he fell and failed to avoid certain unfortunately placed shards of plastic, and now the damage had been done in more ways than one. The doctor tried to speak reassuring words but impatience made his voice provokingly supercilious. 
Yannick will recover fully. Visual implants are a very wise choice at his age. He can upgrade the components as he gets older and then settle on a permanent replacement when he's an adult. Why not let his own regenerated eyes be the permanent replacement, his father accused. The doctor shrugged. There have been complications with regeneration at lunar gravity. You were both absent, so I was left to take responsibility. I believe I made the best medical decision. Yannick's mother gazed sadly at him. He had not yet looked in a mirror, but he knew what cyborg eyes were like. Grey, alien and cold. She was looking at him as if he had become a changeling. We could go back to Earth. They don't have any complications with regeneration, do they? The doctor took the trouble to give an emphatic blink of his mech grey eyes and pitched his tone to something softer and kinder. There are other complications on Earth, as you know. Lunar gravity might keep falling objects from smashing in a satisfying fashion, but it did not prevent the smash of objects swung sideways into a wall. Yannick's father destroyed one of the lamps on the doctor's desk and was about to reach for the second when the doctor unfroze from his paralysis of disbelieving horror and seized his arm in a gentle but implacable grip. His fury disintegrated into choked, desolated sobs. Yannick's mother was mortified. Please forgive him. It's the Hiraeth. It's getting worse. Of course, murmured the doctor, his sympathy now completely unfeigned. I'll administer a tranquilizer. Yannick was too young to understand what this was all meant, but in later years, when he replayed the data in the long memory of his eyes, things became much clearer. There were three stages of Heriath, each named for the location of greatest prevalence. It was no coincidence that hardship correlated with severity, but without a definite cause, guessing and superstition overtook logic and rational thought. Lunar delusion was the least severe. Colonists lasted 15 to 20 years before symptoms became noticeable. Some theorized that the visual reassurance of Earthrise and its promise of proximity delayed full onset of the syndrome. Others were more pragmatic, pointing out, that the lunar colonies were the best designed in the system with colonists who had developed a range of societal and personal adaptions to uniquely lunar hardships. Martian madness had an earlier onset, perhaps seven years or so, but could be put off for as long as ten years by living in the underground habitats that mimicked Earth. Yannick had the opportunity to personally observe the long melancholy and sudden manias of lunar delusion. His parents separated. His father returned to Earth, disappearing years later in the confusion of the food wars of America Minor. His mother eventually suffered from milder version of the condition, but took care not to skip her encephalic adjustments and so would survive quite peaceably, if not lucidly, in her, to her twelfth decade. Perhaps these experiences influenced him to avoid Mars as simply another version of the moon, with the potential for some pitfalls. Or perhaps it made him reckless and determined to seize his own band of insanity before the universe could force it on him. Whatever the reason, he upgraded his eyes. Enhanced his limbs with a range of organic bionics and applied to work off the debt for all his augmentation in the rare earth division of cyborg assist. The universe, however, would not be denied. Minus Follet, a condition common to the asteroid belt, was harder to diagnose and more of a challenge to analyse. 
Should one blame mere distance or the attempt to make a home in the extreme and unplanetary environment of a floating rock? Was it the instability of the risk-taking brain that brought entrepreneurs and adventurers to the asteroid pits and mines? Were both internal and external causes at play? The minor colonies were too small, too scattered and too poorly documented to offer any solid answers. Yannick watched, recorded and replayed, once more looking for clarity but initially finding none. When the miner's version of Herath finally seized him, he spent a week oscillating between deliberating panic and euphoric destructiveness. Both states sent adrenaline rushing through his body and brain. The difference lay only in the sound of the scream, from the discontented moan to the heart-piercing shriek. His workmates strapped him down under a bubble of armoured glass, sun-side on bare ground, so that he felt pressed between the weight of lens-sharpened light and the burden of alien rock. The crude exposure worked for a while, but by his second relapse his superiors were worried enough to give him an ultimatum. Either leave the belt and go home to the uncertainties of Earth politics, to the dwindling will of population of the moon, which was home, or submit to an experimental brain implant that would monitor and regulate his mental equilibrium. He chose the latter. When he went to the medical centre for a consultation before the implant operation, he had a pleasant shock. Doctor! He could not even remember the man's name, but he felt a recognition so strong it was almost like seeing family, like encountering some rarely seen distant cousin. It was a trivial bond made more precious by the pangs of Harriet. The doctor offered no name, but merely stared at him with that intensity that Yannick had used himself when tracking the visual files in his memory. Yes, got it. The boy whose eyes I replaced when I was working on the moon. I see you've stayed cyborg. Yes, Yannick replied bitterly, his enthusiasm checked by the doctor's coolness. Good choice, good choice, the doctor said, nodding gravely. Yannick noted with a glance of the grey eyes of old and the new additions, breastplate extending into an arm augmentation, partial skull plate with ear transplant, and goodness knew what else might be lying beneath a skin that moved and shone with slippery, non-organic ease. I have made Harrieth my specialty, the doctor explained, and I have become more and more convinced that the only remedy is through the augmentation and modification of the human body. Yannick was a distracted from his personal issues. How so? The doctor's certainty faltered. He waved his arm in a manner that might have been apologetic or even self-deprecating. There is so much superstition attached to the syndrome, but why not when it's such a creation of the mind? The less human we believe ourselves to be, the less we yearn towards a vision of a perfected earth. Cyborgs have shown themselves to be the most resistant to Harriet's effects. Yannick was reminded with some shame of his own shortcomings. The doctor saw and tried to be kind. You must not be so hard on yourself. You lasted six years in the belt without contracting the folly, well within the statistical range for cyborgs with your level of augmentation. But if you hope to last longer, the only solution is to expand and upgrade your cerebral implants. I've dodged the brain stuff, Yannick admitted. It's a chancy fix and I don't want to be like some of my workmates, dragging on with obsolete mech because they're too poor or too scared to get an upgrade. Oh, there's no worry where this implant is concerned. 
One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And it's a new approach. The template is adaptable without need for surgical intrusion. We only have to change the common insert and the implant grows or dies off as required. Sounds human. Even better than human, Yannick laughed. The doctor's face brightened. Yes, yes, you understand perfectly. So you give your consent? A little thrill of fear fluttered in the pit of his stomach, but Yannick shivered and shook it off. Of course. The operation went smoothly. Recovery time took only a day, and within the week, Yannick was eager to return to work. Patience, the doctor advised. What you feel now is merely the excitement of a new augmentation. It will soon wear off and the hairy earth will take over once more. Only later, when the implant begins to extend and self-calibrate, will you truly begin to feel the cure. Yannick obediently returned to his isolation bubble and waited for the hairy earth. When it came, with all the intendant palpitations, perspirations, alarms and excursions, curiosity kept a part of his mind sufficiently free to observe as the implant started its work. It was like watching a master builder construct a high, thick wall that curved around to make an enclosure, then arched over and under to make a sphere, and within the sphere, made quiet at last, was all the yearning, screaming hollowness of Harrieth. Naturally, he was incredibly happy, but not as happy as the doctor. Isn't this amazing, he all but sang as he pointed to Yannick, the mysterious of several medical scans arrayed on a luminous wall. Do you see how the filaments have rooted with no rejection whatsoever? Yannick smiled uncertainly at the images flitting past the doctor's fingers. There was only one thing he understood, and he clung to it. Rejection? A mere moment's pause, long enough for a fist to clench convulsively with enough force to make knuckles crack, and the doctor was answering. A side effect of earlier versions of the implant. No need to worry. Your lunar origins and your early exposure to cyborg augmentation greatly improved your tolerance for this procedure. Yannick glanced at the still-clenched fist resting over the glow of the medical scans and continued to look worried. 
I assure you I am delighted with the results, so much so that I plan to replace my present skull implant with one identical to the model you are presently pioneering. Yannick blinked. Of course. Yes, the doctor murmured. I have been fleeing Herath for many years now. I hope this will be the final step. The doctor moved on, travelling from asteroid to asteroid to other mining stations farther out in the belt. In time, follow-up assessments were no longer needed and Yannick gradually lost touch. There were plenty of other things to distract him. Cyborg Assist became Cyborg Advance and then simply CA. The Martian branch downsized in the wake of the failure of the Terraform project, pulling all human and cyborg personnel and leaving only robots and remote systems to maintain a presence on the planet. Directives from the lunar headquarters arrived with increasing sluggishness, until at last news came that the lunar colony had only been declared a failure. Scientists still lived and worked on the moon, but the days of true settlement and moon-born children were over. The CA office on Vesta took over the mining stations, thus making CA the first truly autonomous extraterrestrial corporate entity in the solar system. It was a landmark occasion. It was also the spur for a fresh surge of Heriath. Information about Earth was scarce. Extraterrestrial colonial dreams had been severely tempered, and most of the first wave pioneers had returned to face the task of salvaging their first and now perhaps only home. No one knew whether they were succeeding, but the majority of the non-cyborg and minimally augmented humans quit CA and also fled to Earth, beaten at last by a quirk of psychology or spirit that no one fully understood. Yannick remained unaffected, a walking advertisement for brain augmentation. Yannick remained unaffected, a walking advertisement for brain augmentation. CA shrewdly upped the price for the implant, causing several of Yannick's workmates to be struck in a debt extension that was unlikely to expire before they did. Some of the lunar-born children, too young and too alien to be deterred by the first faint stirrings of Heriath, went in the opposite direction, beyond the belt. Yannick began to hear tales about the moons of Jupiter, distant planetoids beyond Neptune, and roving space stations with solar wings staling in the vastness between the dwarf planets of the outer reaches. He encountered a few outbound pilots during his assignment with CA security. They always needed supplies and always had news to share, and CA policy was to be friendly as long as they were not trying to pilfer company resources. Lee was not the first augmented traveller he had met, but she was the most aggressively so. Her second-in-command and sole travelling companion was pure robot and bore all the accessories that could have made her life easier. Broad spectrum, vision, direct data access, communications, add-ons, the works. She didn't even have the smallest of brain implants, something which had become standard for all those seeking to delay or reduce her yath. Yannick asked why. She looked both embarrassed and defiant. What's the point of it if there isn't a bit of Heriath to fight against? Yannick revised his view. Not merely an adventurer to the furthest distance, but an endurance enthusiast sprinting outwards as fast as she could before Heriath stopped her like a diver pushing to the limit of her lungs. He touched the smooth walls of the sealed pearl of Heriath that his brain still kept, a habit that had started out of anxiety as he looked for cracks in the protection, but was now a soothing tick, like caressing a prayer bead. And then what? he asked. She shrugged. 
Back to Earth, perhaps, he suggested. What is it like there? He should not have asked. Everything in the belt was under watch. His own eyes were complicit as his on-duty data was owned by CA and could be requisitioned as needed. The crooked smile she gave him told him she knew it well. So many stories from so many sources. Earth has fallen. Earth is recovering. Earth is in a new age, back from the brink of disaster and on the path to becoming a paradise. But then again, CA is bankrupt and obsolete. CA is the only surviving tech company. The CA cyborgs represent the last bastion of humanity in the solar system. It all depends on who you talk to, doesn't it? You're strange. I've never heard of a CA cyborg asking about Earth. Would you go back to Earth? Yannick lowered his head. It disturbed him that the more augmentation addicted his workmates became, the harder it was to hold a conversation with them that did not involve work and CA. It disturbed him even more that this was now common knowledge beyond the belt. Fortunately, his communicator buzzed and gave him reason to avoid replying. He excused himself and went to the neutral ground of the entrance hatch to take the routine communication. The roster computer spoke as courteously as usual, but this time it sounded almost apologetic that the news was not good. CA-3546 Yannick, report for transfer to pit N-75A within the next 172 kiloseconds. He froze. He was being sent to one of the most dangerous pits located on a fragmenting asteroid with a hot core and subject to unpredictable seismic activity. He protested. All cyborgs above level 5 are cleared for pit N75A, the soothing voice of the roster computer told him. Resuscitation and rebooting case of demise will be provided free of charge. I'm an early adopter level 7, he tried to explain. No chance of resuscitation. When I die, I die. The roster fell silent as it carried out a search on his personal files. Level 7 early adoption is resuscitation compliant when CA-approved command inserts are employed. I was the first, he insisted, growing impatient. There are no CA-approved command inserts back then. I was the prototype. Another pause. Shorter than the first, then the roster said, Please update using this cycle CA-approved level 7 command insert and report for duty at pit N75A within 172 kiloseconds of reboot. Cost of command insert is credit at 85000 which will be deducted from your wages over the next 0.317 gigaseconds. Exasperated, he scanned the update files attached to the final communication, but what he saw made him pause. The most recent command insert depended on the changes made via a previous insert's commands, which in turn tied to an earlier update. Yannick calculated that he would have to endure five cycles of updates, totaling credit at 2,976,700, which would shift his debt period from one decade to nearly four. Caveat emptor, especially when buying from CA, he hopped back into Lee's control room, Quick, he said. Can you take me with you? I can pay proper minerals, not CA currency, and I can be useful. Lee considered swiftly, but from the mischief growing in her eyes and the smile that twitched up the corner of her mouth, he could see that she had already decided. Lucky for him that he had procured her interest, asking about Earth. 
you'll have to shut down so they can't detect you. He thought about explaining again about his prototype implant and how it was distinct from the rest of CA, but time was short and he merely nodded. Go to cargo, you'll find a life support module there. Settle in. Yannick did so, stopping just long enough to compose a time-delayed resignation note that would reach CA in approximately 0.317 gigaseconds, by which time he had hoped to be far beyond any CA branch office or outpost on the outer fringes of the belt. Then he sealed the cover and let the long sleep bury him and his pearl together. Waking up was not what he expected. There was a faint cheering in his ears. His eyes were open, but his sight was blurred. He was standing up, but leaning against a wall. His head felt too full. He had never experienced a hangover, no cyborg would, given their basic antitoxin functions, but he imagined it would feel like this, uncalibrated, out of focus and off balance. Congratulations, the word was strangely pronounced and stilted as if voiced by a bad translation program, but the emotion was genuinely cheerful. He fought his sluggish senses and tried to remember his own name. What? His lips moved, no sound came out. You are the first human to overcome Harriath long enough to sail out of the solar system that we know of, that we have been able to communicate with. Congratulations. Slowly he absorbed what was happening. He was still in the life support module, but gravity pulled at his feet, making him lean slightly against the lid. His sight was blurred because the light mist activated to raise the module's humidity was mostly spraying into his face. His head felt full because his consciousness blossomed, making him aware of the strangeness that was the inside of his skull. His implant had been busy. He felt less like Sleeping Beauty and more like the thorny, overgrown wood. And where was his pearl? The mist subsided, the air cleared. A small dip of motion outside the module caught his attention. It was a hovering sphere about the size of a human head made of some dark metal with irregular, illuminated chips pitting the surface. It looked like a hallucination. Oh, it said in disappointment. It's only an old cyborg. It sounded like a hallucination, too. No, it's not, it argued with itself. See the readings? The implants, still an overlay, not an integrant. He was scanning his own brain even as they spoke. The implant had run wild and was now twisted past pruning and partly tangled into the mechanism of the life support module. He went deeper, hoping, yearning, there was the Herath, kept safely alive and buzzing behind thinning walls. Meanwhile, the sphere was speaking excitedly in a language he could not understand. He waited patiently for it to notice him again. We're not sure that you're human, it said at last, but whatever you are, you're more than just a cyborg and everyone should know about this. The pilot, she's human, he guessed, but he needed confirmation. You are the only one alive on this ship, the sphere said sadly. He wondered what could have happened to Lee that she had not even tried to wake him. Perhaps the ship's record had some information. He tried to access the central data system but was distracted by a strange noise. The sphere was giggling. This is so exciting! In the blink of an eye, his view of the cargo area changed. 
A small group of spheres crowded there, spilling light which coalesced into various images, a patchwork that stitched together into an audience of human figures represented by half-size holograms. None were cyborg as far as he could see, but some had robot familiars perched on shoulders or wrists. All faces were turned avidly to him. The central data system came online with a sudden burst of output, flooding his already taxed brain with names and titles and dates and places. He bit his lip against rising nausea to try to organise the deluge, but only ended up feeling as groggy and uncoordinated as when he first woke. Have a little respect. Two children, slender as lunar-born and dark as earth-raised, stood beneath the original sphere and chided their elders. Remember... He's human and needs time to adjust. The intrusion stopped suddenly and was replaced by a gentle probing. No, someone countered. He is a cyborg, but a very odd one. He still holds Hurrieth within. Murmurs of interest and disbelief. Impossible. Augmentation is a dead end for humanity. But imagine a human cyborg with Hurrieth. He could test further and faster than any of us and always have a beacon to navigate home. Hush, a voice said reverently. He's crying. Of course he was crying. The stress of waking, the burden of information, the shock of communicating with others after so long. It all came together in an incredible pressure that pushed at the thinnest part of the wall, cracked the containment and let Harrieth leak through. His implant was overloading and his other augmentations were slowly beginning to malfunction. He did not have much time. The babble quieted and a sole voice took over. Our apologies. We have so many questions, but perhaps we should let you speak. Tell us, how did you come to be such a unique cyborg? My name is Yannick. I once had eyes that truly cried, not these imitations. I once feared Harrieth, then I grew to love it, and now it will kill me. He began as best he could. I fell. There you go. Don't forget, copyright is Karen's. Karen, thank you so much for that. Massive. And Lulu, what can I say? Big hugs. Thank you so much. Tell him to tidy his bedroom. It's a state when I look at it on Skype. It's absolutely shocking, to be quite honest. He wants to sort himself out, man. Get a job. <laughs> so that is today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Like I say, we are kind of, cold of this time, in the grips. So actually, when you listen to this, I'm walking the Roman wall with Reed, my son, and the little... little <laughs> there's no way on God's green earth I could take the two Dobermans. Actually, the big one's now ten. You know, so it paggers after a couple of miles. But Ralph, the little working cocker spaniel, he can go forever. Do you know what I mean? So have a look on Facebook. You can see some pictures we're upload there if you want to kind of join us on this journey. Until next week, just like to say, good night from me. survive this terrible ordeal? Can they win through with their integrity unscathed? Can they escape without completely compromising their honor and artistic judgment? Tune in next week for the next exciting installment of
This presentation has been brought to you by the District of Wonders Network, dedicated to podcasting the finest genre fiction. You can learn Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. More about the District of Wonders and their many literary productions at their website, www.districtofwonders.com. Thank you for listening.